Welcome to Reality TV PhD. I'm Christina. And I'm M. Here's the deal. M and I were both in school for far, far too long. We decided it was time for us to climb out of the ivory tower and plop onto the couch to talk about our favorite academic subject, reality TV. From dating shows that make you question the future of humankind, to competition shows with 40-plus seasons, to that one show about a farmer trying to find a wife, for better or worse, we watch it all. We're here with hot takes, dissertations about topics you never asked for, and questions you wished another student would ask so you don't have to. Class has begun. Is it Taurus season or what? It really is. We log on today. Christina is wearing, is that a scarf? Or? Oh, it's like a full blanket. Christina's wrapped in a blanket, and I, for the first time ever, am doing this fully reclined in my bed. Haven't spoken to each other in like eight hours in the exact same place. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's make this a restful episode. Um, I had so many notes from the week. Okay. I did not. (laughs) (laughs) The good news is I think I can make it restful because I don't really have any rants. Okay. Thank God. No one did anything rant worthy. I think I, I think I agree with you, but there's, there's one sort of shit talking that I would like to do, but I've, I've brought a clip that I would like to let speak for itself. Oh boy. Okay. I love this. Well, I have to say before we get into homeroom that there's a lot of content these days. It's it's overwhelming. <laughs> I'm literally overwhelmed. Like I have this list and I have it like every week I like reset it and then I like check things off as I watch and I was like I'm not going to get through this list this week. The challenge, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Golden Bachelor, Survivor, Fboy Island, House of Villains. Love Island Games, Bachelor in Paradise, Selling Sunset. Like, yep. what are we supposed to be doing? Not Plus, working? I've been, I heard coverage on two things that I don't think I could watch in full, but feel inclined to watch an episode of Surviving Paradise and Naked Attraction. Oh my God. There's also Survivor UK. Is that new? Yes. Oh, that's intriguing. I know. I might. So all to say is there's a lot. I did not watch. I think I'm because we're getting close to the end. I think I'm over Bachelor in Paradise. Not watching it. The anti-completionist in me has decided this is the point where I shall no longer watch. And then I watched a little bit of Love Island Games and I just wasn't feeling it. Yeah. I, I think that might be right, but also I did enjoy having it on in the background. Yeah, maybe I think I was just like, I was just, trying, yeah, it just felt like a lot. But... Like, I feel inclined to watch the third episode. I only got okay. through two. Okay. Well, I know what you're watching Selling Sunset. I've watched 10 episodes yesterday. Okay. How many episodes are there even in this new 12. season? 12. What? I know. Oh my god. And is it you know good? What? It is. It okay. is. Last season I thought was great. 
this season is great. I'll tell you a little about it. Okay. I unblurred my background <laughs> so that Christina can see what we're, we're working with. We're matching a little bit. I don't know. Okay, well, let's get into it. Homeroom. Despite me watching a lot of content this week, I did not take many notes, as I said. So I only have three grades, A, B, and F. I know let's you guess got, what I you... know what your A is. It's got to oh. be the same as my A, right? I don't know. Oh, not mine well, is I... like a pure A. Okay. Well, I second guess myself when you give me that look. Yeah. Should well, I guess? Should I tell you what my A is? Well, tell me what grades you have first and then tell I me mean, your I mean, I have everything. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. Sorry to explicitly Multiple make everything. you say that. Yeah. Okay. All right. I also have about eight quiz questions. And I have three. I have, I have, three. I have a new section I created for today <laughs> called commentary. <laughs> <laughs> that's like the name that could apply to well, any of our sections it can't fit in a grade it doesn't fit in our seminar but there's no way i cannot mention these two things i discovered on the internet okay all right commentary <laughs> is not on theme with the rest of the way we name things yeah well commentary for my internal notes okay okay but okay whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. okay what's your a survivor yeah okay great survivor specifically the final tribal oh yes i screamed so many times i'm just gonna have to call it one scream this was like really really good and we had an exciting moment that has never happened before yet in survivor yeah i will say i i like (sighs) i'm about to bring it down now, I need to stop doing it. I don't want to say what happened in case someone hasn't watched it. We put spoilers in Oh, our you're right. You're right. Listen, we can't not talk about listen, this. Listen, don't talk to me with that tone. You know what's happened to me the past three days. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. One thing that's happened to me in case listeners don't know why I'm in my bed on the edge <laughs> of edge of completely losing my marbles is that yesterday I came home and there was pieces of broccoli from the dishwasher coming up the drain of my shower and sitting in water in my bathtub think about that for a second oh it sounds so bad it's wrong it's capital w capital r wrong <laughs> there we all go. right survivor I had a feeling like something like that was going to happen because when I looked to see how much time was left in the episode and it was like seven minutes and I was like, all right, something happens here. So basically you tell. Okay. Well, I'm not good at recounting stuff like this. I'm going to let you you do it. You give more detail, but let me also tell you after you say like set it up what I thought the thing was going to be. Okay. I love that. So basically in survivor, starting in season 40 they've introduced a new game mechanism called shot in the dark which basically at any tribal council up until maybe the the final like five you have this little token that's basically you can think of it as a six-sided die five of the six are meaningless and one of the six is you get immunity and at any tribal council i think you can only play it once per season Mm -hmm. um you can choose to basically roll that die and pick out a piece of parchment paper, one out of six, that course, whatever. I'm kind of complicating it, but I think the die metaphor is helpful. Basically, you have a one in six shot at getting immunity if you sacrifice your vote. And you do this in the voting booth. So no one knows that you're doing it. And you don't know the outcome of your die roll until 
basically Jeff goes, does anyone have any advantages they want to play? Then you go give them uh, him the parchment that he then opens and reads whether or not you're safe or not. Although famously, the first time this was played, he had the player read it. And that was kind of funny. Um, Wow, I didn't remember that. I remember that happening and being like, that feels kind of weird. So they've since corrected that. But (laughs) this has been going on for four, four or five seasons now. And it's rarely been played. I believe it's been played 10 times in total. Someone has only gotten the immunity, like the safe outcome once up until this week's episode. And that person actually wound up not needing to be safe. Like they weren't going to be set home anyway. In contrast, this week was the like weird episode they now do. That's like tribe merge, but like, pre real merge and a great canadian player named caleb chooses to play a shot in the dark because our homegirl emily gave him the heads up so he did and jeff reads that caleb is safe and then he reads all the votes and every single person voted for caleb and caleb couldn't focus he played shot in the dark so then they had to do a re-vote because literally no one else voted. If if a one if one person had voted for someone else, that person would have been gone. Wild. I loved it because I was just at the edge of my seat, hoping that Emily voted with the group, so she didn't reveal that she had tipped him off. Great work, oh. Emily. Good job. A lesser player would have voted for someone else, and then it would have been so obvious. You're so right. My so then they go to a revote, and of course everyone's scrambling. What we see is the live tribal where people are basically deciding who they're going to vote for in the moment, and they tricked us. They showed uh, this one character Jay basically telling everyone to vote for Emily, and that's really all we see. I believed it. I was tricked, and what oh. I thought could happen, which I just this would have been beautiful, but there was no opportunity for it, is that. Bruce, who famously Bruce and Emily had a an exchanging of words in the first episode, Bruce now has an idol. And I thought, wow, if everyone is voting for Emily, because he they showed him give her a look. I thought they were setting us up for this. He could have played his idol for her no. and he would have chosen who got went home. But yeah, that okay. Didn't that would have been okay. a terrible gameplay on his part. Like give up your idol to save. This person who a said new alliance thing. is formed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's Bruce we're talking about. There's okay, no okay. Way it would okay. have been very dramatic. All right, all right. One. In Def- Australia, that could have happened. It definitely would have been dramatic. I'll give you that. But yeah. I, I wouldn't. I've never thought Bruce would be the type of player to do something like that. No, clearly not. And uh, Jay went home, which I was happy to see because I was like, "Hello, she's literally running the show here right now." People, like, come on, get with it. She needs to go. Yeah. I don't really know anything about her. We haven't, I feel like. Yeah, I kind of felt like, I felt kind of bad for her because I felt like she never really clicked with anyone. Mm. And I think it's when she watches it back, she's going to see that like she was not as tight with the other mm. original tribe members as she thought she was. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, you know, so for that reason, I'm happy that she's gone. So I don't have to like feel bad continuing to watch her be excluded. God, I'm sure a lot of people actually watch it back and they're like oh yeah it was like not where i thought it was with people (laughs) yeah painful my nightmare okay well my b is 
I would give it an A, but I always have to say I can never give Mary on Real Housewives of Salt Lake City an A. Like if it were anyone else, I would give her an A. But even if she does A-worthy things, she can't quite get there because of, you know, everything. But I will give her the t- the maximum I'm willing to give her conditional on her being who she is, which is just her ability to set boundaries. She goes to dinner with Whitney. And does Mary make a lot of sense? Not really. But she's like very clear in her boundaries. And she's like, I'm not doing this. And they literally had just ordered their food. And Mary's like, no, I'm not. I'm not apologizing for anything. Like, I don't want to do any of this. I'm leaving and I'm taking my food to go. And like literally like, you know, five minutes after she sat down and ate dinner, she was like, "Uh, uh-uh, not happening. I'm leaving. And it's, you know. She also didn't go into that bar that one time because she wanted to go get McDonald's. And I just, I respect that so much. So she gets a B. That lunch or dinner, whatever it was, when Whitney was planning it and in her confessional, she's like, yeah, I I know that this might be really random. Yes, yes, it is random. Why are you trying to reach out to Mary? She's really annoying me this season. Yeah, it's not a good season for Whitney. No trying too hard Mm -hmm. what's your b my b is selling sunset season seven wow why not an a is my main question an a because survivor was pure and perfect selling sunset i demoted to a b because even i can admit the drama is extreme like extreme i think it's excellent if you watch the last season it's just a continuance is that but it word? is like oh yeah <laughs> i don't know it isn't law world you could ask is for it a really? continuance yeah continuation yeah continuation wow that was just a merging of two worlds reality tv and lawyering okay um, yeah it's basically a continuation of the drama like there's nothing new right i feel like there's three pieces which is chriselle and nicole don't like each other. Nicole is an Asian who's been with the O group from the beginning and is just now on the show. And they had many heated words in the last season that continues today. Jason is dating a child slash someone that's like 25 25 years younger than him. And that causes a lot of drama, mainly because he's, he really wants her and Chriselle to be friends and is like forcing that situation upon them. Red flag. It is such a red flag. I guess the third sort of piece is, I mean, just like all the general drama, but Jason, I would say is, is so infuriating. He drops it down to a B for me, but it's, it's still really good to watch. Jason has reached, I think new villain levels. I'm seeing pictures of him on the internet with like quotes from the Barbie movie from the Ken dolls, like where he is on a different level. And I'm going to give you one example. It's the O Group's 10-year anniversary. They do a lot of celebrating about this. He brings all of the women, because as people know, it's just women that work there, apparently, into the next door to their office, which apparently they're doing a $1.5 million build-out to increase the office space. There's a $40,000 pool table. There's shuffleboards. So many things one could think you don't need. And and he says, this is going to help us sell houses. 
Meanwhile, the entire season is against the backdrop of our current economy and the forthcoming mansion tax in California at the time, which means people are really uninclined to sell because they're going to be taxed. What's the mansion tax? I think it's like depending on, I don't know if it's size or cost, but like, oh, they do. Someone does explain it. Maybe I should look this up just so I can say it. No, you keep going. I'll say it. So people aren't buying houses anyway. Brett, Jason's twin brother, even says like our sales are down like 50%. And yet he decides he wants to do this. And then he tells the agents, you're all going to have to work really hard to make this worth it. And Brett says to Jason, this us building this out, which, by the way, did not consult, is just revealed to everyone that is working for him. It's expecting that they bring in over a million dollars more than they're expected to bring in. Management 101, people. It's so bad. Dubbed a mansion tax, measure ULA took effect April 1st, bringing a 4% charge on all residential and commercial real estate sales in the city above $5 million and a 5.5% charge on sales above $10 million. Oh, and the seller pays it. Mm-hmm. $200,000. That's how much a house costs some places. Yeah, correct. Oh, my God. So really wild stuff. And again, the mixing of the personal professional, I think this is like at an all-time extreme this season. It is is like the theme, I would say, of the season is we have no boundaries and we're going to totally ostracize the one person attempting to set boundaries. I want to shout out Nikki Glazer, our F-Boy Island host, for appearing on Selling Sunset and straight up reading Jason to Oh, I can't wait to watch it just for that. Yep, yep. It was beautiful. Did you see G Flip and Chriselle's Halloween costume? No. What? Wait, 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 wait. I did. It was, um, what was it? I did see it and it's already gone from my memory. They recreated a, I don't know how you say this, this artist's name, Troy Savon video. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And Which, that's like, Chriselle as the guy. Yeah. And I believe the Troy Savon video troy plays both people so it's like Uh, very gender bendy and weird okay i'll watch it i'm sold i don't have anything until an f so go off my c is not a real c okay it's it's an average c for real housewives of salt lake city my a of salt lake city Mm -hmm. just is just a general a to the women Mm-hmm. beautiful i love that they go snowmobiling and cross-country skiing and then eat charcuterie in parking lots after Did they actually eat it okay yes no seriously because so. i'm I like think... really watching it like i know you are i'm, I'm almost watch okay i actually feel like they did because um it happened multiple times this week the charcuterie situation dorit has erica jane who's on well, who claims she's not on Ozempic and it's just, Ozempic and it's just hormones, but oh, look no. up some photos and see if you think hormones can do what's happened to her. But Dorit has oh. Erica Jane over for a picnic and they have a charcuterie. I saw Dorit eat an olive or a grape. That was it. Like, God. All right. I'm sorry. Okay. Sorry. You would think one week would be enough for M to get this out of her system. <laughs> no. Okay, my F for Salt Lake City 
you can just guess. Monica's mother. Oh my God. She's my F for the week. So I guess I'll just get there now. It's okay. Good. Because I can't be alone in talking about her. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Bad. Sad. Hard to watch. Like, is this, this, I mean, I've asked this, I think offline before, and I have had some answers, but to me, this is one of the darkest things I've seen on Housewives. Definitely, especially. I mean, I mean, it's one of the darkest parent-child relationships I've seen on reality TV. Can't think of anything that compares. I'm sure that I have seen something, but it's really tough to watch. And she also tweets a lot about it, and the the tweets yes. are as bad <laughs> as the footage. The tweets, I I think, sent me to a new level. So I have to say. For all the screams I'm going to share about this week, they're almost doubled because I was deep in the Reddit for whatever reason. And reading her tweets basically about like, I'm still learning this boundaries, mm-hmm. you know, because Monica was abusive to me. Uh-huh. Oh, oh my God. And reading people's takes on this on Reddit pages about how watching this experience like triggered stuff in them because it was representative of their own abusive familial relationships and oh, did you notice she did this? And this is a classic manipulation tactic, which I wouldn't know and didn't know. It gives just such a a disturbing lens to view everything. Yep. It was horrible. And it took place in a in a restaurant. I'm really proud of Monica. I like can't believe how she's endured this for her whole life. She's very composed too. Like yeah. considering I, obviously you can't tell people what to do, but I, it, to me, it just seems, my goodness, this seat has out. to be a no-contact situation because yeah. Yeah. the mom is is very, yeah. very dangerous, I think, just emotionally. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. That okay, was well, there, goes, there goes my F. My D, I'm just going to give it generally to Love Island Games men. Ooh. But specific- <laughs> yeah. specifically, look, we all know what the men are like on these shows. There's two people. I believe they're from Love Islands, U.S. and Love Islands, U.S. Love Islands, plural. It seems that there's multiple islands, <laughs> and some aren't even islands. I'm learning because <laughs> yeah. Love Island Games is international. <laughs> Sally and Johnny. Do those names mean anything to you? Wait, yes, Johnny's on. Sally and Johnny are cast on it. Yes. So apparently they got messy, together on the messy, show. Messy. They broke up. Yeah. Can I tell you the context in which he's brought back? Yeah. So he's brought back as a bombshell. They blindfold all of the people. The bombshells are able to kiss two people who are blindfolded. And so, of course, he makes out with her to start some shit. And then they have to battle Royale with their current pairings to possibly replace them. So... That's the context here. I don't know these people at all. I have to say, I'm really enjoying Sally. She's She's been fun to watch. Don't know her past. So she talks to one of her friends and is like, I don't want to regret not saying something to him. Like, I think I have to. I have to just clear the air. So she brings him aside. And I'm going to play for you the beginning of the conversation. How are you feeling? I feel good. Yeah? Yeah. It's been three years yeah that's what i'm saying it's been a fucking minute and it's just you know i figured i was gonna see you in here but i didn't know what to expect Mm -hmm. you know like how we were gonna 
how you were going to treat the situation, you know, if you were going to be like hella standoffish or whatever. What, what would you expect based off of how we left things? You mm -hmm. run to Instagram, posting shit, captioning child's play and all this shit, knowing damn well we broke up at Cheesecake Factory because you wouldn't pay for my damn nachos mm -hmm. after I paid for a whole last trip to Hawaii. Wow, yes, it did. Chivalry is dead, is it not? Wow. <laughs> it truly is. Uh... I'm honestly not surprised by this at all. And I do just because my like long-term ploy is always to get you to become a challenge fan that she and he have appeared on MTV's The Challenge. Nice. And so has Justine. Oh, I believe well, yeah. Well, I'm not surprised to hear that. She, she did athletic. extremely well. Yeah, she did extremely well. I believe that, even though she sort of blew the first challenge on Love Island Games. Um, Sally and Johnny, I believe, were eliminated very early on the seasons that they were on. Also, doesn't surprise me. <laughs> well, thank you for that content. Yeah, I have nothing to say. All right, I'm going to give you my F, which is um, another gem from the internet. Okay. Listeners, I already talked about this with M. Spoiler for the future Bachelor in Paradise. But my F is that I learned that Kat becomes engaged to John Henry. <laughs> and I'm so disturbed by this. Are we sure they're still together? I don't know. I'm very I'm open to, to learning the truth. I'd also like to share with you, especially since you're not watching anymore. Yeah, that that perhaps like John Henry is not all that and a bag of chips. Really? She asked him, what are you looking for? And his response was. To meet someone. That's like saying someone saying, what are you looking for? And someone writing back to be looking for. Yeah. She also looked confused. Oh God. Yeah. Poor Olivia. I, I agree. Honestly, Olivia's had a journey this season. Olivia and Will should have just gotten together from the first day and then and like just left. Yeah. yeah. Or, or not left, just hung out. Like if yeah. Kylie didn't take Will on that date, Will and Olivia would have just been together, I think, from the start. Yeah. And look, Kylie, we know you also another spoiler, end up with Avon, so you didn't need to do that. Yeah. Annoying. All right, I've got some pop quizzes this week. Let's do it. I'll do mine first. Can you please explain to me what the psychology is behind Lisa's husband being super Mormon and also being Lisa's husband? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. What an interesting episode. Because he seems like super Mormon. He seems Mormon in the way that all white men in oppressive religions are religious in that it doesn't affect them as much as it does perhaps the women, mm -hmm. perhaps other marginalized folks like queer folks or black folks. So it's cool to be religious and it's fine. And he can be that way without questioning too much mm -hmm. about it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, next question just because this has to be caught on air. Can you confirm that up until two nights ago, <laughs> you thought that I was Mormon? I will confirm that. Just to reiterate, Christina, who I've been recording this podcast with for about a year now, on which we in which we discuss a show that has a lot of Mormon content, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, believed until a couple of days ago that I myself 
was either currently Mormon, raised Mormon and left the Mormon church, or some combination of those things. For the listeners who were not on the text exchange where this was revealed, I I truly completely believe that someone told me that M was Mormon. Looking back, I realized that was a joke. But in my, again, I've said this many times, I'm not funny. I don't like funny things. I don't like bad humor. In that brain, when someone jokes about being Mormon, why would I believe that is a joke? Because why would you joke about someone's religion? Yeah, okay. But then you record a podcast with me for a year and I never once bring up Mormonism. Yeah, well, I was like, clearly there's some trauma. I know a lot of people with religious trauma. I was like, I'm not going to pry. I feel like when people... I feel like most of the time when someone's experienced religious trauma, it's like part of their identity that they talk about. Yeah, and that's a point taken. I I would agree with that. But I also just didn't know like how much was wrapped in like your current family dynamic or that you wouldn't want to talk about to other people. Okay, I don't know anything about your family. (laughs) Let it be said, okay? And we'll say stuff and I'm like, what? I don't know any of this. (laughs) Like, I think we might be the same age. I don't know who I'm talking to right now. (laughs) Are you real? (laughs) All right. Next question. Um, (laughs) Do you think that Johnny Bananas looks like an amphibian reptilian motherfucker? (laughs) A line from New York. Uh, Yeah. And I'll also say say that Jax is a demon. (laughs) New York on House of Villains, which we will discuss shortly, like eviscerates people with these disses, and they're all so um, specific and unexpected, but also deeply resonant. Yep. She knows what's going on. She knows. Okay, I was saving this for our discussion of House of Villains, but since it was right before she called him this, She's like getting ready for bed and says, I wonder if I should rake Johnny over the coals one more time before I go to bed. And then just goes downstairs and does this unprompted. I love her. I love this whole show. (laughs) All right. Do you want to do your pop quiz and then we'll get into the little semi? Yes. Do you really have 20? No, no. Okay. Can I just get your prediction on who's going to win the Golden Bachelor? I think Leslie. I do too. Yeah, it's sad. Here's what I think happens. I think he's going to dump Faith at this rose ceremony. I because I, I think actually he feels second most strongly about Faith. But there's I think he's really worried about hurting her late in the final two. And so in some ways, I think that this elimination is the one that's going to be the hardest for him because he's kind of getting it out of the way. And then he'll choose Leslie. That's my thoughts. I saw a lot of commentary on on the Internet about not liking his behavior during hometowns because he expressed that he loved multiple Mm. people. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't really like Brie. I believe that he does. Am I giving him like not as much of like, am I just giving him more of the benefit of the doubt than I would the younger men on this show? I don't know. I thought about it too. And I think the reason why I, the reason why I judge it, the reason why I would agree with these comments that they didn't like his behavior 
is not because of him and more because of, I think, the extent to which the women think that it's a distinguishing thing about their relationship. Like the impact of saying this on when he said it to, I think he said to Faith and Leslie, Mm. their response clearly they both they both have like gone through a lot in their lives and their response to hearing him say that made me feel like they thought that that meant that they were for sure the one and that's hard to see yeah it's like they interpreted it with this level of meaning mm-hmm. that i think is makes sense mhm but it's hard to see when he said it to someone else too. Whereas yeah. with the younger bachelors, when they say it, I feel like the women are like, he might've said that to someone else. And he, you know, yeah. I feel, kind of feel like they're not thinking like, Oh my God, I found the person finally to spend the re- like my old age with. Right. It's in older iterations of the bachelor where they wouldn't say, I love you yeah. to anyone. Yeah. I think people would take it as more meaningful I think Ben Higgins was the one that broke the mold by telling two women he loved them. Yeah. And then now it's being done pretty much every season. So I I do think it it means less. Like, it's not like you're the winner because I'm saying this to you. But perhaps in this case. They feel like it. Yeah. Which, I mean, why wouldn't you? Yeah, it's so sad. I I really hope that. It's going to hurt more than the regular. 100%. I hope that Faith gets to be the bachelorette if she i do too but i think they really gotta think about the geography thing yeah because it is so for people that don't know it's just not even considered in the regular bachelor but look these are people in their 60s and 70s and they have grandkids and families and the idea of just moving somewhere to be with your new fiance it it really hits different with this age demographic yeah and she lives somewhere very rural I mean, she could be farmer wants a husband. Husbands. Yeah, husbands plural. Okay. Um, these are not really I'm gonna give you fake questions. These are some comments for you. What don't give me that look. I have more things to say. Go okay. I love it. Okay, on Bachelor in Paradise, I did write this as a question, so I'm just gonna read this to you. It's not a question. <laughs> on Bachelor in Paradise. Genevieve, but I think her ma- name might be like Genevieve or something. It is. Says she's big on empathy, transparency, honesty, and communication. And my question for you was, who isn't? <laughs> Next. <laughs> okay, some comments on Survivor. I'm really what I want to tell their casting people, which apparently Jeff went off about this on his podcast this week. They need to do better casting more age diversity. Yeah, agreed. It's like I'm looking at like a bunch of youths. I yeah, don't like agreed. It. Agreed. Jeff, I also want to tell you that missing the merge fee sucks, and I can't believe you make people do that. Agreed. Fully That's, agreed. I hate the worst. that evolution. Yep. Like if I'm on Survivor, I want the merge like making the merge feast and eating that food is it's more as good as winning. Than winning. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent agree. Um and based on that, I told Taryn that I want to apply to be on Survivor around age 40. Okay. And Taryn told me that you, M, would need to come raise our child if that happens. Taryn, what? No, Taryn, you <laughs> raised the child. And then, and also told me that I would return 30% more feral than I already am. 
Okay. Wow. What a weirdly specific statement. <laughs> can you ask Taryn later? Either like, can you ask Taryn for a value, a numeric value to place on how feral you currently are? Uh, yeah. Like, is, are you, does Taryn view your level of current virality <laughs> as, as already a percentage? Like you are. Yeah. Like you are. 24 percent feral and 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 taryn's saying that will be increased by 30 percent yeah or is there like a scale or is there like a one to ten i want to basically know this implies that taryn thinks that you are feral to some extent and i would like to know what what level taryn sees that as thank you all right okay two other things from the internet did you see on the love is blind reddit page that Taylor's parents yes. dress up as Taylor and JP for Halloween. Extremely bizarre choice. Really interesting. Gotta wonder what's going on in that family. Not good things. The other thing I learned, and I'll tell you, I screamed so loud last night. Taryn thought something had happened to someone we know. I was perusing the Selling Sunset Reddit. There is someone that was introduced in... The second half of this season, she like meets up with everyone. They're in Cabo. Her name is Cassandra. Very you, like, you know, this thing is orchestrated. It's so like, oh, I just ran into you all at an open house. And now I'm going to hang out with you all, all weekend and just be very strange. So the whole thing was weird. I'm like, who is this person? She has some history with Brie. It was weird enough that I I needed to go on and see what people were saying. I didn't even get that far because... People have identified her from a very tangential role in one of our shared shows. What is it? Guess the show. Cassandra? The name is not going to help. But just like what show would we be delighted to see someone do a crossover? I really want to get this right. I don't know. American Idol? Okay. No, I never watched that. She's a very side person. In season one of Vanderpump Rules. Okay. I should have guessed because you're delighted by that. Okay. But do you want to know who she was? Yeah. So Tom Sandoval was roommates with twin 18-year-old girls. Oh, no. And she's one of the twins. Looking at her now. I have no words to say. None. Just Amazing. like some people's lives, like that's just someone's life. They're one of the 18 year olds on first season of Vanderpump Rules. And now they're like on Selling Sunset, meeting up with the O group in Cabo. Like, yeah. what is that kind of life trajectory? I have no idea. That makes me feel like life is completely predestined and there's no such thing as fate. And I don't know why that makes me feel that way, but it does. Honestly, yeah. Okay. I just had to share. I couldn't I be think alone that, in that knowledge. I think that this segment should be called Show and Tell, by the way. Oh, I love it. Oh, yeah. Show and tell what we find on the internet. Yeah, just like anything that doesn't fit in the other things. Perfect. Opportunity for Christina to say stuff. Thanks. You're welcome. Should we get to our seminar? Your favorite yeah, let's show get of the to moment? it. A couple things to discuss. I mean, as you know, I didn't take any notes on this most recent episode, but I wanted to give listeners a little bit more information about this show so you could join us on this journey and delight in it with us. First, I just want to tell you who the cast members are, listeners. Okay. And also, yes. I'm sorry if you've heard us list the cast 
three episodes in a row. Now. Well, we're gonna listen again because it's actually, you know what we'll do? I'll tell I'll talk about the premise of the show first. And then let's just discuss the cast one by one. I think that that's the best way to talk about the show. Okay. Sounds okay. good. Honestly, the premise of the show is uh, the explicit premise of the show is to win. And I think by, I don't actually don't know the, how you win. I think you just last, you don't get eliminated, but it's hard for me to imagine how they, how there's only one person at the end. But anyway, the goal is to not be eliminated and you win some money if you do, but the, um subtext goal is to just like be the most entertaining villain contestant on a show so that's why the show is so great because no one seems to really care about the money they're really just there to make great television and they all understand this assignment and some of them don't understand the assignment but they are just so they're who they are is just like so hilarious and them trying to understand the assignment is in and of itself successfully executing the assignment so um, the way the show works is there's like usually some kind of challenge. One person wins the challenge. They become the b- big brother equivalent of head of household. That person usually gets to nominate two people to go on like a fun little date with. They could do something fun, go play with like puppies or go to like a spa or something. That person who's head of household equivalent, I think they're called like the super villain or something, villain of the week, gets to nominate three people who are up for elimination And then those three people have to do a competition to get immunity. So one of those three people winds up getting immunity. And then the other two are actually up for final elimination. And then the house votes on the final two people who should get eliminated. And then as we've mentioned before, when you get eliminated, you get ejected from the house from the seat that you are like buckled into, which is extremely enjoyable to watch. And I wish we had more footage of them when they go behind the wall that they get ejected from because we don't see that and we should i want a gopro of it it just imagining new york getting ejected and what her face looked like i would honestly pay like three dollars for that yeah i'd probably pay five wow I said three because, like, usually that's the cost of an episode on iTunes. Uh, okay. Well, I don't know because I'm not here buying episodes on iTunes. Yeah, and I am embarrassed. So, wait, that's the I, premise. Can I also just say, I think this is a fairly good premise for a new game show. I don't like that we don't know how someone ultimately wins. I don't know why they don't think that should be shared with us as viewers. But in terms of distributing sort of the power like the ability to nominate three but then only have it be two that everyone votes on it's it's sort of i haven't seen that specific mechanism used and i like it it might be something honestly that's like big brother i I think that they have a similar mechanism but it's so funny that that's like such a popular show and neither of us watch it it is it is okay let's just now that we've talked about the premise we don't have to talk about the specific most recent episode, but I think we should just give a little bit of moments to each of the contestants to 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 continue to pique people's interest. I'm just <laughs> Perfect. Like, I'm literally looking at the contestants. And I'm just like, love that. I I genuinely love them all. They are all so bizarre. Mm-hmm. You know what this is? Is this is this is the F boy island of shows with villains. A hundred percent. Because they're in on the joke too. They're yes. playing it up for us. This is like a guilt-free reality yeah. show for you. That's what it is. That's the big difference between this type of stuff and Netflix. Netflix, I mm-hmm. feel, is is guiltful. 
Yes. Even like selling sunset. I'm, uh. I'm just like, I, I can't give that kind of drama an A because there's a darkness to it all. Yes. And even though this show is about villains, there's zero darkness. It is all pure hilarity. Yeah. Okay. We don't, again, I don't think we've already talked about the cast, but I just want to talk. I just want to see if there's any, like, um, we can just riff on if there's like what our favorite moment so far has been with them or something Perfect. in the show. Okay. Omarosa. Also, what is her last name? I don't it's know her last quite name. long. So she originally would not tell Corinne who she was, which is funny because Corinne's probably too young to even know. But I will I will share with you who I think the top four is, and she is in it because she is just pulling the strings behind the scenes. Like she has great alliances that are probably all con like it's sort of like Survivor, someone that's aligned with like 20 people at once. That is the vibe that she is bringing. And she has like a quiet power, but you do not want to cross her. Uh, totally. Interestingly, Corinne does not show up on the Google cast list, which is so <laughs> ironic because when Corinne asked Omarosa, who are you? Omarosa just kept saying to Corinne, Google. <laughs> Like, that's what's so amazing about this is it's a competition show where alliances matter. And these people are just like, they cannot help themselves. They're just like being really mean to each other like, from the beginning. So mean. Okay. When New York went and reamed Johnny Bananas out, it was when she was on the chopping block. Yes. She was like, you know what? And, jo and Johnny Bananas had put her there and he is voting for her. And she's like, you know what would be fun for me? I just want to go yell at him. Yeah. Okay. So let's go to New York next. New okay. York. I never saw what original show show she is on. Oh, you didn't see? No. Oh, I mean, this this could be like a rewatch for you. You know, I have a hard time watching something that's already aired. Yeah, but this is, I think, in class, like this is in the classics of reality television. Oh, wow. Okay. Because she was, I love New York on vh1 because she was previously a, a contestant on flavor of love which i you didn't watch, watch and okay so i watched flavor i watched i love new york and i watched rock of love wow and they were amazing i love new york because she well, oscillates go. between so sweet Oh, yeah. <laughs> to her roommate, Corinne, just like the sweetest, like when Corinne cries, New York's like, don't cry, don't be upset. So sweet. And then the next second, completely unhinged. And just as I mentioned, eviscerates people, calls Jack Taylor a, a demon, demonic, whatever, screaming at him. Then Johnny Bananas, a, a reptilian, amphibian motherfucker. And then I can't repeat what was said to what she said to Omarosa because I, it, I didn't write it down. Does it make you uncomfortable? And it makes me uncomfortable to repeat <laughs> it at the end of this last episode. But it's like, she's a wordsmith. She might be Shakespeare. She, these people can't help themselves. It's like the, or maybe they're doing it on purpose. I don't know. But I think but it's a little of both for her. It's like the lack of self-control is peak TV. She is someone, I, I don't know anything about her real life. I've only ever seen her in these contexts. But watching her, I think, oh, you like have to be on a reality show because it appears to me that you need an outlet for this energy. Yes. 
And I don't know what the fuck that outlet would be in the real world. Me neither. <laughs> and, and it I'm scares afraid. me. <laughs> For people that are curious and sort of want to get her energy, honestly, last five minutes of, of episode three, is that what e- it was? Or four. I think it was four. Episode four. This is... Just watch her make her pitch for why she should stay in the House of Villains. Yeah. Which pitch is a generous term. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it's unbelievable. We are in the era of people giving speeches in front of other people is the best possible thing you can have anyone do on television. Yeah. We've got it in House of Villains. All the speeches have just been wild. Let us let that be the transition into the <laughs> yes. next speech. Yes. Where the other person who's up for elimination was Anfisa from 90 Day Fiance, which I did watch her season. And it is hilarious that they have cast her on the show. She's the kind of person she's like very hot and kind of keeps to herself and doesn't talk very often unless she needs something from someone. And then she'll go sex it up very obviously and try to like flirt overtly with the guys to like get them to do stuff for her and they're all like we see right through this on visa but she's up for elimination along with new york and she has to give a speech and the editor's chef's kiss they cut to a conversation that on has with has with omarosa where omarosa says you know i'm a woman of few words when i say something i mean it and and then she said some stuff and then they cut to Anfisa on the chopping block about to give her speech to the group. And she literally verbatim repeats exactly what Omarosa had just said to her moments before saying, you know, I'm a woman of few words. So what I say, I mean, like she co-opted that to a T. Incredible stuff. Her flirting was so funny in the most recent episode because the challenge for the three bottom villains was to basically get all the other villains to do tasks and chores for them and each thing they completed they would get a check mark and of course Amphis is taking this to the most sexual level she can and everyone's watching it and I mean I was cackling the whole episode so painful I'm glad she's still around (laughs) me too one of the people to go to a next cast member who she likes to try to turn this on for is Johnny Bananas. And I don't have much to say about Johnny Bananas this season because I see him so much on MTV, the challenge that I'm just kind of like, whatever. And and in some ways he's, he's like the straight man in the show. Like he's the least, uh, least exciting, but I will say my favorite thing about Johnny Bananas on the show is how much he, seemingly genuinely adores Bobby generally actually as someone who doesn't watch him all the time but I know him from the early days of the challenge he's a delight on this show because he's so good natured yeah you can tell he's loving being in the house when people are like when Bobby actually this is a screenshot I took for our Instagram is like I took a dump in your food and He's like, actually, I put rat poison in there. And Johnny's just like, rat poison, huh? And like smiling and eating. I'm, who are you? You seem to just be loving this experience. He is loving it. And and I I think Bobby Lights is, is my personal favorite cast member. What show was he originally on? A rapper and the cousin of Trina. Yeah. I don't even know. Apparently, Love and Hip Hop Miami is how he first came into prominence. 
Okay, I love that for him. Bobby Lights is truly one of the funniest people I've seen on reality TV in a long time. He makes me laugh out loud multiple times an episode. Just his sense of humor is so funny. He said something so funny in this last episode. I can't remember. Like he came in fake crying and then screamed something at everyone. And Johnny Bananas like lost it laughing and I lost it laughing. And I, I just, I hope he stays for so long. I love him. I would love for him to be our final villain. However, I am not sure that his gameplay will be up to everyone else's because when he got on the chopping block this past episode, his immediate response was, I'm just not going to talk to anybody and just win the game. Bobby... Bobby, I, I don't know how those two things can coexist. Bobby, no. But we love him. We really, really do. Then we have Johnny Fairplay, who it's just so funny that he's on this show. The one season very early on, very iconic, where he lied about his grandmother dying. Um, He was on another season. But he he's very proud of himself. And I do think he was one of the first villains, but it was only for a single incident. And but he's always talking about how he's like these the the reality TV villain. Yeah, and I just think he's giving himself way too much credit. Totally agree. He deserves credit. He was the only one that saw that everyone was doing these secret tasks to get the to get Points. immunity. Yeah, so he's clearly a good game player. But yeah, he won't stop talking about how he's like the villain. And I'm, I'm just it's not working for me anymore, Johnny. And you still have the same hair from early 2000s. <laughs> yeah. in in terms of like people like gameplay, he's like one at the top. But in terms Definitely. of level of villain near the bottom. Definitely. Sorry, dude. Sorry. Dude. You want to be higher on the list. I know. I mean, you're not. And, and that's the thing What's sort of interesting i actually as i'm saying this i sort of wonder where this will take us but jacks was like a real villain the way he treated women yes most of the people i'm aware of on this show are villains as characters on shows because yes their gameplay strategies yes i think that's mostly true maybe there's a few exceptions but so it's just yeah it's I, i didn't love having jacks there I don't think that was the right choice. I I think it's not. You know why? Because he was so offended when that when New York called him a demon. Yeah, and and I it's think, like I think we shouldn't have the villain villainity cross into personal behavior. It agreed. just needs to be gameplay. Agreed. Great point. Great point. Yeah, I could I could have done without Jack. So I was happy to see him go first. Yep. Yep. Two more left. Tanisha. Well, and Corinne. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sorry, she's not, as I mentioned, she's not listed, strangely, on the Google find. Everyone else is. Okay. Tanisha Thomas. Is that her last name? Yeah. I, I love so. her. She's one of my favorites. We love favorite. her. We don't <laughs> know her origin show, but yeah. she's a light in the show. She really is. I want to be her friend. I do think she's going to get into trouble. She's definitely playing way too many sides. And Me too. Know. It's Me really too. bad. Yeah, but I love her. <laughs> but good for her. Then we have Shake from Love is Blind. Who I love having on the show because he is when I mentioned like people who understand the assignment, like he 
did not have any idea what he was getting himself into. And he's just like a normal, reasonably normal guy who came off really poorly on Love is Blind. Yeah, that's the personal side of things. Yeah, and it's just so funny watching him be in this house with all these wild people. Yeah, he is not on their level in any way. Anyway. But I think you can tell he's getting more comfortable. Yes. With everyone. Which I love. And then Corinne, I never saw Corinne's original season of The Bachelor. Really? And yeah, and I have to say, she's kind of annoying me in this show. That's her personality. Okay. <laughs> I was like, is that an appropriate take? Yeah, that that is like who she was on okay. The Bachelor, for sure. I actually have to say, I think she's quite smart. And so I'm enjoying her. And I, sh- I put her, her in my top four. Wow, and who are the other two in the top four? Uh, Fair Play and Johnny Bananas. And by top four, you mean who you think is going to be in the like the final four? Yep. I think Corinne would get if this were a jury vote type situation. People would say she's riding the coattails, but I think mm-hmm. she totally knew that she needed to align with Johnny Bananas. Amazing. Yeah, let's see how wrong I am. Okay, well, hopefully that intrigues some of you. I think we should uh, proceed to our final segments here. Cry, scream, count. Mine is the same as always, which is I just cried for all of the Golden Bachelor once again. My scream count, I pretty much shared everything. We got six screams and some of them last the entire episode. I'll share one that I didn't talk about, which was when Faith on the Golden Bachelor said she takes her her horse to the tavern. To the tavern. Oh my god. I love god. that. I was like, what is this? The show Yellowstone? <laughs> Which I watched like one episode one of and I didn't really understand the appeal, oh but god. it's very the way popular. People try to make me watch that. People love that show. Well, my quote of the week was what New York said to Johnny Bananas. Did you have any? <laughs> I do. I have one from Selling Sunset. I don't even know who this is referencing, but Emma says she's about as real as the meat in my empanadas. Wait, shouldn't she not say that about her own product? No, no, no. She has vegan empanadas. Does she have non-vegan empanadas as well? No. She only has vegan yeah. empanadas. Have you not? Okay. My I know about I the whole empanada thing. Like how we can get our hands on these, where we can oh. find them. I watched someone do a TikTok review of the different oh, yeah. empanada Oh, types. yeah. We watched that. I didn't realize they were all vegan. Yes. Wow. Okay. Real niche. It is. And she pl- she flies everyone to Cabo in her private jet. Good for her. I need to know more about her financial situation. Though. But bad for the environment. Let me go on record saying yeah, that. Thank you. Thank you for that. I'm Christina. <laughs> I'm M. Class dismissed. And that's the episode. This podcast was recorded and produced by us, M and Christina. The views, thoughts, and opinions are ours alone. Special thanks to Caroline Reedy for episode art. Check out her work at doot underscore doodles on Instagram. If you like what you heard, please leave us a rating or review. Want to get in touch? Send us an email. RealityTVPHDPod at gmail.com. See you next week.